You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast, brought to you by Grounded Brand and their new Impact 2.0 Turkey Vest. Get grounded at groundedbrand.com. The Limhanger Turkey Hunt Podcast strives to bring opinions and discussions from all aspects of the turkey hunting community. From legendary turkey hunters who hunted in military fatigues, to the modern day hunters embracing technology while maintaining traditions passed along for generations. All are welcome at this roundtable conversation about one of the wariest creatures in North America, the wild turkey. Y'all stick around. It's going to be a great show. And welcome to another episode of the Limb Hanger Podcast. I am Adam Cruz, and with me tonight, I have the Reverend Joey Bell and the new turkey thug, Parker McDonald. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing tonight? Whew. Not feeling well tonight. I'm feeling pretty stuffy. That Florida pollen, you got the best of me. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting trip. You 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 stayed down there a whole week, so I'm guessing the family is glad to see you at home. Oh yeah, dude. We came. We ended up coming home yesterday, a day early. Had some pretty dang good turkey hunts down there, and uh, came home really about two days early because I was planning on trying to come back Friday, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm satisfied. That was fun. We had a good time. Uh, but then, like always, I come home from a trip sick which really just is a bad look (laughs) for the wife (laughs) you do man like always happens she's gonna be thinking i'm making out with all my hunting buddies (laughs) for long she's like you're sick every time you don't catching something from them truck stops or something from the sketchy (laughs) sketch boat ramps (laughs) that's what it is it's the sketchy (laughs) boat ramps no man it's it's been uh it's been a dang good dang good week and chow's happy to be home very happy to be home. I'm yeah. jealous. I'm the jealous one out of all of us. And Matt, Matt's not here tonight, but out of the four of us that are regularly on here, I'm pretty confident in saying that I'm probably the most deranged turkey person in amongst us. And I'm the only one that ain't set foot in turkey woods yet. And I ain't living right, I guess. <laughs> No, Joey, you just have more money than us, probably. That's really yes. the more money, no. happier marriage, you know, all those things. Joey is smart. He does save, like, I he saves his PTO, uh, and I think his time for the turkey woods. I see that, like, you know, on the weekends when we're out deer hunting and on trips to Kentucky, Joey's like, just he's sitting there wringing his hands. He's like, wait till turkey season, boys. I'm going to be out there. That's right. <laughs> He'll get his. I get a lot. I mean, I honestly get a lot of time off, but just, my job wouldn't, I couldn't like leave for multiple weeks in the spring 
with my job. Like I, I probably would have like three weeks worth of vacation, you know, by the end of April or something, but just, you know, Adam, Adam, you're in sales, you know, you, yep. you just can't, you just can't abandon everything for a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said before, take that one week off and designate that week. I uh, would have done two weeks this year, but I wasn't able to go to Florida. Um, but might do that next year. And as the kids get older, you know, we'll see what happens. As so long as I go on a vacation with my wife at least once a year, <laughs> then uh, then I'm then I should be okay. And then I might go out west, you know, every other year. Or so uh, during the fall. You know, you know what's interesting about our Florida trip last week on the podcast, we talked about hunting etiquette. I mean, we went into a deep dive. We had three really great guests on to talk about it. Um, I thought, you know, when I walked away from that podcast, I was like, man, I think we did the world a good service, right? Like, you know, helping educate the rest of the turkey hunting world. And then we get down there, man, and it was the show of the century on <laughs> on turkey hunting, eti etiquette and ethics all in the wrong direction, man. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Maybe it's we the need worst to focus. I've ever been around. Yeah. Maybe we need to focus more on the Florida demographic uh, for yeah. the Limhanger podcast because maybe it ain't reaching down there. Well, here's here's the thing, dude. Here's what here's what I truly believe. Um, the majority of people are not going to be that way, right? Like they're just not going to be that way. Um, I, I I think just just in being with with the guys at camp this week, like pretty much everybody in that group was from Florida and they're like, yeah, you know, that's Florida. Most of them aren't the kind of people like, like we are They're, And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say there's not, it's not even a demographic of people really. It's just people who don't really, who aren't really into the hunting media type stuff. You know, this is just how they've always done it. And this is how they're always going to do it. It's how grandpa did it. And, you ain't changing their mind. Uh, it's not a demographic. It really isn't. It's a, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just a thing. And it tends to be pretty prominent in Florida. Do you think it's, it's because those guys just are kind of homebodies and they hang around, they, they stick to their own, they stick to their own state because one, if, unless you're going to somewhere in the Southeast, or at least even from North Florida, I mean, everywhere else is a, pretty good haul and if you live in south florida everywhere is a long way away unless you fly and then i mean flying gets expensive so do you think it's because they just stick around florida more so than maybe other states and they kind of just i mean they don't they don't get exposed to other public areas or other states um mm. and so so here's here's my here's my thoughts okay um, my wife's from Florida and she's got a lot of family that's from Florida and they're like OG Floridians that a lot of, a lot of Florida is, you know, people who retired from New York or something like that. You know, there's a lot of Yankees down in Florida, um, snowbirds. Yeah. Snowbirds. Exactly. And, um, but so anyway, her family is, they're all from, from there and they're, they're country, right? There's some, there's some people in her family who are country and it, it almost like out where they live they're they're perfectly they're great people really really good people but out where they live like it is 
it feels lawless on a lot of these public areas. Um, I don't know if that's because there's just not enough game wardens to really do anything. But if anybody's listened to Southern Ground podcast where I talk about Florida and my first experiences in Florida, I felt like I had entered into Mad Max, you know, like Thunderdome, <laughs> like it was just it was it felt like there was pro- so many people breaking laws that it really just nobody did anything about it. Um, and and that's just kind of how, it, you know. I don't know. I I don't want to talk bad about the people of Florida because everybody I know personally from Florida is freaking great, but it, I, it does seem like a lot of it's cutthroat. It's very cutthroat, <laughs> very cutthroat. And we're blowing up their WMA on opening day. Like that, we rolled deep. There was a lot of people in that area. So if I'm these guys, like I can see where their agitation might come from. But they're also rolling in at daylight, right? Yeah. Like. I mean, we've been sitting there since three thirty in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you, dude. Like, I, there was, there was no, there's no justification for it because if they came yeah. to my home place, I might be a little bit pissed off or whatever. But I can't really say that they were doing anything wrong, and I'm not going to be disrespectful to them. I, I feel like I'm fairly, and even even which what we're going to talk about it later, even to the guy that was very disrespectful to us on opening day. We, I, I didn't say anything that I'm ashamed of to him. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing about what I said to the guy that I, that I felt was out of line or even almost rude. Um, so, you know, I, I think it goes back to what we talked about in that last episode. It's kind of like defensive driving. I felt like I maybe, I maybe got – I said enough to maybe get myself in a fender bender. Um <laughs> but, but I was not, I wasn't just all out, you know, like go away, you're a tool. I, I, I didn't, there was none of that. I was just pretty firm and like, Hey dude, we've been here, you know? Um, so I guess we could, I guess we teased it. I, <laughs> do you want to, you want me to tell that story, Adam? Yeah, man, I not would love well. to hear it. Yeah. Let's, let's get into mm-hmm. that. So it's opening day, right? And we had found, we spent three days scouting, um, the last podcast, we kind of talked about it, like plans fell through. We decided to go and scout for three days. And so we had, we had pins on like 15, 12 to 15 birds that we knew were there. There was a bunch of turkeys gobbling in the days prior to season, um, that we were able to pin and it, it actually, we were really, really excited, but the spot that we wanted to go to from the gate to the property line, you're talking about couple hundred yards you know a few hundred yards not not a lot of land there to work with but we had turkeys you know that had been doing the same thing for a couple days in a row we were like okay you know we're gonna go after them and um so we got there early knowing that we're probably not the only people that heard these turkeys gobble I, i we didn't camp there you know it wasn't like an unreasonably early time to get to a public land gate i don't think we got there at 3 30 which is early but not not like stupid, you know, not like, because I think camping there overnight, I could see where somebody would be a little bit upset about that. Parking a car there, I get it. I'm not going to say I wouldn't do it. I understand where people would get upset about it. Um, and if and if I parked a car there overnight and somebody else went in there, I'd probably be like, well, dang, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We even dealt with that, right? Yeah, that exactly, yeah. We'll, yeah. And, and I'm sure you'll talk about that too. Um 
anyway, so we sat there from 3.30, me and Adam and uh, Casey and Eli, the two guys that came to film for us. And uh, we're sitting there. We drank our coffee. We're laying, and people are pulling into the gate right, left and right, just one after the other, driving by us. They'd pull into the parking spot, peel out because they were pissed, and leave. You know, it was, it was, you know, it was kind of funny. It's kind of funny to watch it, as bad as you like, as, as bad as it sounds. Like you're kind of like, you know, got him. And it, I don't mean that. I don't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way, but I think everybody feels that way when you see somebody try to get to the gate and you beat them there. You're like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and so um, 630 rolls around. We're trying to get our stuff packed up and ready to go. Kind of start seeing the sun coming up over the horizon where you can kind of see the silhouettes of the trees. And um, the old boy pulls in in a two-toned t- uh, tundra, whips into that gate and parks and gets out. And I'm like, okay. He gets out of the truck. I said, "Hey, man, how's it going?" He said, "Oh, I'm doing good." I said, "Well, man, we're gonna be, we're gonna be up in that area. Like I said, it's not a whole lot of space, and it's definitely not room enough for two hunters. There's so much property here. I would have been even more okay if he would have pulled down a hundred yards down the road, went into where he was gonna go, whatever. He pulled in right there with us, and I said, "Hey, we're gonna be, we're gonna be all over that area, all the way back to the property line, pretty much all morning." And he said, well, that's where I'm going to. And we're like, okay. And I think, Adam, you said, what? What would you say? And I said, well, he said he's going to go in there anyway. I said, Casey, let's just go ahead and get packed up and go. You know, at this point, we have a lot invested. We've got scouting here that we've done. We beat the guy, right? Like, we're not doing anything wrong. We beat him. Um, We packed our stuff, and I walked over to his truck. And pulled up my maps, and I was very honest. I was like, hey, man, listen. Right here is where we're going to start out at. Right there. And he said, yep, that's that's right where I'm starting at, too. I said, okay, well, that's fine. You're more than welcome to go in there. I can't tell you you can't go in there. We've been here for three hours, and we're not leaving. So if a turkey starts gobbling, we're not going to screw you up on purpose, but we're also not going to be too terribly concerned about your presence there and he said well all right then well i guess i hope i kill one and maybe y'all can too soon and if not god bless it that's exactly what he said i'm like okay um another here's another thing the guy was drunk drunk as a freaking i don't know i don't know what the analogy would be there but he was super drunk and you could smell it like i felt like i was drunk after smelling his breath it was bad y'all like I wish that smells would come through a camera lens. Also, Casey was filming this whole thing because in my mind, I'm like, you know, if something were to happen, number one, we want to have this documentation. Number two, we just did a podcast about hunter ethics. What a great example of bad hunter ethics. It's just easy content, right? Um, Obviously, we're not going to share. I don't even know the guy's name. Uh, We're not going to share his name. We're not going to show his face, but it's it's really bad i was just gonna use it for something whatever do it for the gram some piss some people off um but i was like oh and and here's my thing i I had no intention of getting anywhere close to this guy okay you guys know and everybody should freaking know these people that think they're better than everybody whatever can shut up you should know if you know me you don't even have to know me personally. Just watch the videos. Listen to the things I say in the podcast. I'm freaking not 
I'm not going to go up and try to get myself killed, right? I'm not going to try to get myself in a fight. I'm smarter than that. Um, so there's that. I, I had no intention of actually going in on this guy. I was just trying to get him to freaking go away. You know, like, we're not going to worry about you. If turkey's gobbling over there, we're going to go. Whatever. So we get set up in a spot, and we sit there for a while. It looked really good. We had a turkey roosted there the day before. I figured if he's there, he'll come by. He'll he'll be around here somewhere. We might be able to get tight enough to hear him gobble or something. Don't hear anything. We sat there for about an hour, hour and a half of daylight, then start working our way down the property line um, back to the other direction because it was all swamp in front of us. There wasn't really any way for us to cross it. So we start working our way back the other direction, and um, we're crossing a swamp, and all of a sudden we're literally on the property line trying to hear birds on either side because if a bird's on private, then we were going to try to pull it over to public, obviously. Um, and we're walking on this property line, and we hear a shot really close to us on the other side of the property line. I pulled out on X, and I was doing the little directional thing. Point, I mean, and, uh, it was obvious that it was probably 50 to 75 yards on the other side of the property, on the other side of the fence. And I looked at Casey, and I was like, bro, that's got to be that guy. Like, if it's not that guy, then it's somebody else hunting on the private land. Um, but, crap, they're close, you know. And we hadn't heard any turkeys gobble all morning long. And if there was a turkey gobbling over there, we would have dang heard it. Um, so, I, I, I wasn't trying to catch this guy. I wasn't trying to get myself in a bind. If he shot a turkey on private land and poached it, I obviously, with this guy, with this drunk dude, I'm not trying to get caught in the middle where he gets caught, does something stupid, whatever. So we take our time walking. Like, we give him time to do his thing, whatever. Take our time. We finally get to a trail, and Casey finds a boot track. That boot track is fresh. It had rained that morning, so it was, like, absolutely fresh. We start following the boot track, and the boot tracks just continue past the fence. Um, and this fence is not its not a good fence. It's not like he had to struggle to cross it. It's like a two-strand barbed wire fence that he could just cross through. Um, and it continued. We never saw a pile of feathers, never saw anything. That's what I was looking for. Whatever, you know, he, he can do his thing. I don't care. Um, but the, the Joker poached turkey, right? Like you can safely assume with this situation that he did not have permission to be on that private land. Um, he was just an outlaw and he didn't care. It wasn't anybody going to tell him what he could and couldn't do. Whatever. So we walk back to the truck after some rain, walk back to the truck, and I go to open the door, and I find this feather sticking in my windowsill, right? So, you know, like anybody would, nobody likes that, right? Like, you could you could say, like, people can say, like, why would you lose your temper about that? You would, too. Everybody would. It's a douchewad move, and... The guy was obviously being just a giant dickhead. And that that's all it was. That's what it was. And if anybody says any different, you might be one too. <laughs> um, whatever. I, I know some people are probably going to say, like, well, maybe he had permission right, yeah. to hunt on that private land. If he had permission, he would have said so at the gate. He'd have been like, well, that's fine, guys. I got permission to hunt that private property. I'm going to access it for public because I know where those birds are roosted. That's, that's, exactly. That would have been his response. And mm-hmm. then you know what I would have said? Okay. All right. We're still going to sure. hunt the public side. Yeah. Like, yeah. but whatever. So 
that oh, I was so pissed off. Obviously, I'm I'm still a little bit hot about it just because it's like it's just in bad taste. It's super disrespectful to do that. He had to t- he touched my my property. He touched my truck to do that. I don't know if you guys have ever been robbed before, but it was a similar feeling. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can say all you want to my face, but you're going to touch my things? Like, whatever. Maybe I'm being a little, you know, Do you feel assaulted? Huh? (laughs) Do you feel assaulted, transgressed upon? Yeah. (laughs) Show me me on this truck where he hurt you. Um, (laughs) Did you keep the feather? I I threw it on the ground on film. Uh, I told Casey to start filming once I saw it and we talked about it or whatever. Well, then a game warden pulls up and she's checking licenses. It's opening day to be expected. I know she did just come by y'all, Adam. And, uh, I told her about it <laughs> and she was really nice. You know, she was very kind. It was an easy exchange, but here, the funny part was I said, uh, I told her about it cause it had just happened. And I was like, and I'm pretty sure he posted Turkey. Like we found, his boot tracks, it obviously had just rained. It was pretty clear what happened. We heard the shot across the fence line. Then he put the feather there. like, And she said, hmm, well, that's a dick move. But, it, <laughs> but it's public land. <laughs> like, no, it's not. He was on private land. He was private land. So today I posted a picture of the, the window on Instagram with the feather stuck in it and told that story and some people have different opinions about it, but that's why we put that podcast out because I, like some people think that what we did by getting there early was was wrong and you can't reserve your spots and you can't blah 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 and whatever. You are correct. Like on public land, it literally is prison rules, right? Like it, anything goes and you should expect anything. But common courtesy and and ethic ethic isn't law. Right? Like, we're not... Our podcast last week wasn't hunting law. It's not law. It's just being a good human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just just be good. I'm not saying you have to even say anything to the people. And honestly, the guys who peeled out in the parking lot and parking area, like, okay, I get it. But at least, at least you had the sense enough to move on. Like, that's my problem, man. And, you know, long story short... We ended up going back there the next day, uh, the next afternoon at 3.30, and I killed a bird. A really freaking nice bird, too. Like, like Boss Tom-type nice bird. And it was awesome. Like, all of our scouting paid off. We went in at the right time. Um, it, was, it was beautiful. An absolutely beautiful turkey hunt. And so, at the end of the day... It didn't really affect me, and it didn't. I wasn't like, it didn't ruin my whole day. You know what I mean? It was just an exchange that we had that I wanted to share because I think it's a great example of, hey, don't do this. This is, it's a very extreme example because, like I said, I have not had very many negative experiences like that on public land. And I hunted a lot, you know. It's not like I'm not out there a lot. Most people are just decent. But this guy... Was not. <laughs> what? Um, let me ask this question. You you said you guys got there at three thirty, and then it was like six thirty when you started walking in. Yeah. What was the reason you sat there for three hours? It was opening day. That was it. It was opening day. 
and we knew there was going to be a lot of people there, and I'm glad we did it because people started showing up at 4.30. So mm-hmm. we beat everybody by an hour. We got out of the truck, made coffee at the tailgate, um, talked for a little bit, chit-chatted, ate our breakfast, like, you know. I don't. I still I don't think it was an unreasonable time because, like, when I deer hunt, I pretty much put in the water at 3.30 most days. 3.30 yeah. in the morning, that's when I put my boat in the water. And I'm not the only person that does that. You know, I, I know that 3.30 is a pretty normal time for people to get to a gate, uh, mm-hmm. especially if they're worried about other people hunting the spot. Like, just makes sense to me. Yeah, and we didn't punch into the woods because, you know... I, not really knowing where these turkeys would be roosted. Now, Parker and them had roosted turkeys days prior. They'd heard turkeys back there days prior, but the night before we went in, we didn't actually roost a gobbler. So we just knew they had been in that general area. So both the areas that Parker and I went to punching in maybe too far would have been a mistake in bumping birds off the trees. So I got you. That was the reason we didn't punch into the woods. And that was my my real question it wasn't that why did you get there so early dude i'd have got there at 2 30 i ain't even gonna lie about it <laughs> but i probably would have also walked in at 2 35 um and just took my coffee and biscuit with me <laughs> well that was that was another thing about this hunt that i forgot to tell uh, about the interaction with the guy he said uh he said so how are you getting to that spot and you go in there are you gonna turn left or you gonna turn right at the fork and i was like homie i hadn't been in there like, we've just been here in turkeys gobble. We don't got any reason to go in there. We know there's turkeys in there, so we're going to go in there and listen for where they're at. Nothing groundbreaking for most of the people who are probably hardcore enough turkey hunters to listen to this podcast. Like, we were going to go and listen, try to figure out where they were, then make a move. And uh, when I said that, he was like, he kind of went, pff, pff. you haven't even been back there? I've been hunting this place my whole life. And it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm hunting it. I'm I'm hunting it for my whole life starting today. <laughs> you know, like and I'm it, gonna keep coming back. It wasn't a long back. walk to that. It wasn't a long walk to that property line either, right? Like, no, it, it's pretty tight in there. Yeah, you're you're talking about hundreds of yards, not yeah, not yeah. in mile increments. Uh, it's not very far, and so for us, it was like there's no point in us going in there and scouting it, knowing that there's birds there. We could potentially risk bumping them out of that whole small area if we go in. Like just honestly, basic, basic turkey tactics, really. Mm-hmm. Joey, you couldn't have punched in more than a hundred yards. Like it wouldn't have made yeah. sense to. It just really wouldn't for either one of us. Like that's as far as we should have went in in danger of potentially bumping birds. And I it's not you. a spot. It's not a spot either, the Joey that honestly I would probably give a flip about if it wasn't open in day. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, or, or, or within the first couple of days of the season, like if we didn't kill a bird there within two or three days, I probably wasn't going to go back because obviously people knew about the spot. People wanted to hunt it. It was mostly locals. Mm-hmm. We hardly saw any non-resident tags. Um, it was wow. pretty much Florida tags the whole time. And so, you know, for opening day, yeah, I'll go in there. Those turkeys haven't been pressured all year. I'll go in there and try to kill an easy one. Because um, Lord knows we're going to put some miles on our boots later on in the season. Mm-hmm. That was another reason we wanted to start there, too, is because, like, okay, this one could be a potentially pretty easy bird to kill. 
on the, on the on the roost the two mornings before he was dang fired up like we were like oh we found us a good two year old that's gonna come in strutting gobbling doing his thing um, so we we found a few of those that were really close to roads that we pinpointed for those first few days and then we found some more that were a little bit deeper probably gonna be a little bit harder to hunt that we were gonna focus on later but fortunately mm-hmm. I was able to kill one pretty quick on the on the second day I guess the reason that I'll go in the woods so early, at least around here, is maybe, and this is just 100% for selfish reasons, I ain't even going to lie about it, it's to lessen that chance of having that conversation, of sharing that area. And like I said, that is, it's selfish of me, but I mean, but if somebody pulls in behind me and if I'm at my truck, 100%, yeah, I'll talk with the guy. I'm not going to blow anybody off and you know anything like that uh you know i'll share information like hey this is where i was planning on going and you know we'll work something out i have no problem with that but i think i like to just get in there and just have an empty truck there and just have them guessing on where i'm at and maybe bank on the on the hopes that they're one of those you know ethical public land hunters like there's somebody here i don't know where he's at i don't want to walk in on him and I guess I guess that is the reason that I walk in so early whenever I go somewhere, just to go in there. And I mean, it could be 150 yards from the truck, or it could be three miles from the truck, but they don't know that. They don't know where I'm at. So I'm just kind of hoping that they just pass on by because they don't know where I'm at. You're probably onto something, man. Honestly, like a I lot of the said guys. Nothing. It, well, well, honestly, you know, I have a different perspective. I've always thought, well, if I wait until like the right time to go in or the time I normally go in, if somebody pulls up behind me, I'll just be like, hey, you know, we can talk through it. But yeah. what I have found is, and I think where maybe you're on is something, is they try to sell you, right? They're like, oh, well, you're mm-hmm. going here? Oh, okay, well, if I go over here and you stay over there... And then you find yourself in a position that's like, well, if I hear a bird goblin over there, now all of a sudden I can't go after this turkey because yeah. this guy's going to be over there. He sold his way in on it. Man, maybe yeah. you're on something. Maybe I'll just start going like 50 yards. If I don't want to go any deeper, like just because I am i don't know where the, the turkeys are, roost, they go 50 yards in, throw, get up against a tree and <laughs> just hide in the woods. <laughs> Let them go by. Well, I think maybe too that I'm probably too nice of a guy uh, in those situations. Like, and if, if I'm at the trailhead and somebody comes in there, pulls it behind me and I ask him, you know, or we, we ask each other where we're going. If he points to the spot where I'm planning on going, I'll yield that spot. I was like, I, I was planning on going, but you know, Hey, go ahead, man. I, I don't know. I guess I'm just too nice in that department. We would because we would have done that. Yeah. Absolutely. We would have done that if it wasn't for all the time that we'd put in there and we'd been there so early, man. Like it was just like, this point we have done a lot to be in this spot mm-hmm. maybe i'm i don't know maybe i'm a coward or yellow for doing something like that but the last thing that i want to do is get into any conflict with a stranger with loaded weapons in the woods yeah. It, yeah. it's i don't know i would just i would just as soon turn coat and let that guy have whatever little area that he negotiated from me and you know go do something else other than i don't because i don't i would have never met this person in my life probably won't ever see them again have zero clue about them 
and that's just a precaution i guess it's like hey go go ahead dude i for all i know you had a you got a bad thing you had a bad thing going for you last night and some could set you off and i might not make it out of the woods so i don't know that's just uh that's just my way of thinking so i'll get there at 2 30 i'll just get there at 2 30 and go walk in the woods and take a nap under the tree (laughs) i think you're right joey i mean i don't think it's it's the same thing that i said last week it's defensive driving and so what we should have done i mean hindsight i wish we would have left i really do I wish we would have just left because it ended up being a pretty wasted morning. Um, most people ended up here in Turkey's Gobble, but we did not. Uh, and so it, it did feel like we wasted our opening morning. However, we got <clears throat> an interesting interaction, you know, that we can share. And I don't know, man. I, I don't think any. I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind who do that in the first place. And I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind who is like us. You know, at the end of the day, it's just is going to be what it is probably forever um yeah but you know what dude that ended up being a heck of a day at at our camp for the camp as a whole um Mm -hmm. absolutely awesome day and i wouldn't trade it for anything because we had so much fun celebrating dudes who did kill turkeys just following along uh on you know marco polo with everybody y'all i i say y'all that whole group around there, it seemed like people heard a lot of birds. Yeah. With the amount of people that were there, y'all encountered a lot of birds. And that's what made me even more jealous that I wasn't down there because there was a, I don't know, it just seems like a, they had to have had a bumper crop of turkeys uh, two years ago down there. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. I, I, I had a different experience. I was, I was one of, I guess, four people that shot a, a bird on this in this camp. Um, it was tough. Like, it was it was not easy on us. We put in a lot of miles. I felt like a, a lot of Florida guys use the e-bikes, which is great. I'm a I'm an advocate for e-bikes. I can't afford one, so I don't have one. Um, but if I could, I probably would use one in Florida for sure, where it's legal. Um, and, and it, and it definitely seemed like it was an advantage because what we did on open, what me and Casey ended up doing on opening day was just a lot of walking and doing basically what we could have covered what we did all day in like 15 minutes on an e-bike. And I mean, that's a, that's a pretty dang good advantage when you're talking yeah. about turkey hunting on public land where, you know, you're just walking around trying to strike birds after fly down pretty much. And in a bike, you can just dang go. You can run 150, 200 yards up the trail, call, try to strike one, don't hear one, ride another 250. I mean, you do it so fast. It just We ended up putting on like close to eight miles on that first day, and I'm pretty sure like our buddy Clay Harper probably put on for eight miles in like the first hour of daylight, you know. Um, <laughs> but that's a that's a great advantage, and I'm for it. I just can't afford one. That's it. Um, and I had that same experience, Joey. Like, man, I heard like one gobbler probably within 300 yards. And the others that I heard were so faint. They were the the mysterious phantom gobbles. Mm-hmm. So it was tough. Like, I, I didn't even get a chance to work a turkey. Yeah. It just seemed like uh, 
in that group, there were several experienced deer hunters that were not experienced turkey hunters, but they found turkeys, which that's I think true. is some, I think more often than not, that's the hardest part for me. is just finding the blame turkeys. Yeah. That's and a testament. Within... It's a testament to mentorship. I think, mm-hmm. um, Walt's the chasing tails, Marco Polo group. Uh, it's got a lot like, like you guys know, and, and these guys aren't, are not embarrassed to say it either. A lot of adult onset hunters, who have just started hunting and they live in Florida. Most of them do. And <laughs> it's hard to hunt anything in Florida. And so they, they're just trying really trying hard to find people who will teach them and share information. That's why they found such a great group. There is because they've got really experienced guys, a couple of them who are willing to share information. Um, and, I mean, it really lowers the learning curve when you have somebody that will share information with you. How about that daggum segue? I know Adam wanted to talk about mentorship a little bit today. I just yeah. now thought it just popped into my head. I'm like, daggum it. Look at you Dude, rolling you to just, that. that. That transition, you just freaking killed it, man. <laughs> I didn't do it. I did, it was an accident until I just thought about it. I was like, oh, crap. No, We're you supposed to talk about nothing. mentorship. But, um, but you, you're on point, man. Like these, there's some guys in that group that are willing to share valuable information, uh, to kind of listen and help bring up those others and help them become successful. And, and that's kind of hard to find, man. You, and especially in turkey hunting, you hear all the old stories of the old timers is like, you know, these old timers wouldn't give, they might give you a little bit of help, wouldn't take you hunting. And they'd only take you so far, right, with the advice that they would give you. It's just everything was so close to the chest. They also didn't have no turkeys. That's true. <laughs> I, see, I didn't have a I didn't have a mentor with, with turkey hunting. I just kind of right. got into it, right? And um, my dad wasn't a big turkey hunter um, and still isn't a huge turkey hunter just because they don't really have turkeys where he lives in Texas. And so I taught myself a lot, and a lot of it was just absorbed because I learned from experience and it took me time. It took me a long time to really feel like I could figure it out. I feel like I've, I'm not going to say I figured it out. I don't think we ever have, but I feel like an effective Turkey hunter now because I absorbed all that information. Um, but these guys are able to absorb it like quick, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like they're able to take in this information from guys who really, really know what they're talking about. And I like, they had a lot of encounters with birds and, and a lot of people were hearing gobbles from the people we talked to, you know, on the trails and stuff like that. Our group was pretty much the only ones seeing and hearing much. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's yeah. public land. People aren't going to share information. You could tell. We ran yeah. into several people who were like, yeah, nope, <laughs> I've been sitting here all day. <laughs> you could tell they were kind of a little bit pissed off because they haven't. Yeah. They haven't really heard or seen much out there. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that our group was the best turkey hunters out there, but I, I do feel like they were serious and they took it serious and had really solid information to go off of, and that helps. I joined their Patreon, let's see, I think late winter or winter of 21 or 22, so over a year ago, and Within a year, I would say the interest in turkey hunting 
has more than doubled in that group. And I think I think before I got on there, the more hardcore turkey hunters were Walt and Chuck. I think Pat really likes turkey hunting too. Uh and he or he did before I joined anyway. Uh but y'all know how I am. I mean, we could talk about bowling and I'll end up talking about turkey hunting. <laughs> so I don't I don't want to take all the credit for that, but I'm gonna take a little bit of it for it because that's the only thing I'll talk about hardly on there. <laughs> well, he did name a turkey cult after you, Joey, so <laughs> we must have appreciated it. Is it really? Is yeah, that what the J B right? stands for? I think I think that's right. No and I think, way. I had that thought today when they were talking about it because I didn't know it was called the JB, and I was like, "Hey, they name the call after Joey Bell," and that's actually what wor- happened. It's the worst call in the dang pack, too. I don't know what that says about. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody's going to kill anything with it. <laughs> I'm joking, Joey. I like it. I actually I like got it call. in my pouch. I got it in my pouch too, and it it is a pretty good call. Is it and the I ghost cut? It's like the offset. The ghost. offset ghost, Joey Bell. I was using your signature call when i killed yeah that osceola would you look at that man something you might get a prize you might get a prize from walt because i think he was wanting if somebody got a turkey kill on camera with one of those calls he was gonna do something we're anything for you i just won i just freaking won that thing baby just crushed it come on i do I do like that call. It does some like really nice, soft and subtle whistles and whines you can get Dude, up. Dude, it's so uh, and I was, pretty. I was talking to Walt the other day. I was like, man, I really can't find any kind of back-end rasp on it. And he was like, well, I, I didn't mean for it to have any back-end rasp. I really wanted that to be a softer, uh, you know, quieter call. And I was like, oh, man, yeah. you nailed it on that one, man. I tell you, and I think mm, so where Walt where Walt got that uh, inspiration from, last year I got a ghost cut. And in my opinion, for all, it seems like every call I've ever picked up, it had too much rasp for my yeah. liking because I couldn't do those. I couldn't whisper like a purr. I couldn't whisper a whine or a tree yelp. It always just seemed too loud. And my purrs sounded more like fighting purrs than they would like low feeding purrs. And so I got this ghost cut and it was an, it was from Appalachian Custom Calls and I buy different calls, different companies every year uh, now, but I've always used Appalachian. And I took one of their ghost cuts, and again, it just had a little too much rasp for my taste. And I took a little bitty pair, I guess surgical scissors, some kind of cosmetic scissors, teeny tiny scissors, and I just nipped the corners off that top reed to where it wasn't... It wasn't more of a Omega shape. I know, you know, nobody's nobody's seen my hands now, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It didn't have those little fins um, on the edges there. It was more like a straight horseshoe. And when I did that, I originally thought I had messed it up. I thought I'd just cut too much off those little corners there. And I started messing around with it. And man, that was the sweetest call that I have ever called hmm. with tree yelps, wines. I couldn't do a wine before I couldn't, I tried to do a wine. It was, it would just be terrible. But man, with that thing, I could just go, I don't know if y'all could hear that over the mic or not, but I mean, no pressure, tree yelps, wines, 
purrs, my purrs got 25 times better. And I was talking about it on the polo group uh, last year before turkey season because, you know, January through March, there's turkey calls in my truck. And I was telling the polo groups like, I oh, just, I think I just messed up this call. And then like two days later, I was like, this is the best call I've ever seen. Yeah. I've ever had. <laughs> and I think it piqued Walt's interest. And so he got with uh, the guy at Honeycomb and I forget his name. I'm, I apologize. Daniel. But Daniel. Daniel. Yep. And he got with uh, Daniel and he made that super sweet call and he called it the JB special. Look so, at that. Walt does Walt. one thing really well. There's an old saying that says, "Only, only uh, one." Still, still, ideas shamelessly. Still, still ideas shamelessly, and Walt steals so many good ideas. Joey, I'm so glad that he at least gave your initials to that. Like you have no idea. That's a big deal. I'm proud. I'm flattered. Hey, shameless plug for we keep talking about Marco. Marco Polo and and these great yep. groups we have this with the Southern Ground yep. Southern Ground yep. uh, Patreon, which is doing awesome right now. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really think yep. that these for somebody who's especially new people into hunting, like this is a really really good good option for you. Um, and we have yeah. a, a five dollar a month thing and a fifteen dollar a month deal, and they have kind of different different. Uh, levels of of what we do of the content that we deliver and the things that that you get from us and um yeah it's really it's really great it, it i believe a hundred percent in that and so to steal ideas shamelessly as you said adam we have absolutely stolen this idea from walter of this marco <laughs> polo group ours is just a little bit better because it's more exclusive it's more exclusive yeah it uh, is. Well, I'll say this. We were talking about the mentorship, and it's one of the things I was thinking about the other day with these Marco Polo groups. None of us really had turkey hunting mentors. You know, one of the guys in our Marco Polo group, the Southern Ground group today, was asking about calls, right? Like, Joey, you you and him, and I think Matt, all three of you guys went back and forth so many times today that I couldn't even listen to it all. But you guys were, like, helping him through with some calling issues and that's literally having a hunt a turkey hunting mentor in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Just pull it out. Hey Joey, what's up? So I think that's really cool. And that's a good plug for the, the polo group too, just to to have a mentor there. And and Parker, you'll be my mentor during deer season. As long as you're my as long and listen, I'm talking about I want Eli to be my mentor during Oh gosh, yeah. During turkey Bring season. It. My goodness, that kick and call. I need um, to hear him call. I didn't get to hear him call. Oh, we got it on video. He won the he won the Chasing Tales Patreon Hunt uh, Grand Nationals. Yeah, and <laughs> and he's not even a patron <laughs> for Chasing Tales. He was just my camera guy. <laughs> That's perfect. He was a stowaway. Chuck. Yeah. He beat Chuck out for the whole deal. Uh, and Chuck's a dang good caller at the end of it. I Chuck. heard Chuck on the. I think Pat shared a video on Instagram. Chuck calling. Chuck's yeah. a good caller. Yeah, he is good. He's like, whenever Eli beat him, it was like the most the white, the white version of like a break dance, or oh, like yeah. a rap battle. Oh, it's like, like uh... they would take the stage, and we'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> stop! Did you hear that? Her, you know, everybody's going nuts." What did they used to call that? Because they used to have that at MTSU, and it was all the black fraternities. And it was like uh, some kind. I think it was called Step or something like that. I forget what exactly it was, 
Quick story. Uh, <laughs> is this about is this about is this about breakdancing competitions? So I forget exactly what the the official name for it is, but anyway, all, all the uh, uh, the black fraternities at, at MTSU would all gather at some place, and they would have it was it was basically like a dance off, you know, for us white folk. We didn't, I mean, I don't like I can't remember the official name for it, but they had some cool name for it. And we had a couple, one or two of our uh, brothers in AGR were really good friends with a couple of the guys from one of those fraternities. And they invited our whole fraternity to come watch this thing. And I think we were the first white folk to ever see such a thing in person because they had never invited any of the white, other white boys to come watch this thing. Let me tell you, it was one of the coolest things we ever saw. Like they had their stuff together. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, uh, black fraternities at MTSU had to step thing, invited a few of us white country boys <laughs> to come watch them. And we had the best time. It was so cool. So yeah, it you was had your old Primo's gobbler shaker out there. Oh, you getting know it? it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just say the double-sided lynch? Yeah. I just heard Adam say getting with it. Getting yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, dude, we had such a good time on this hunt. And speaking of Eli, Eli's a camera guy. Uh, for me, I got to film him shoot an Osceola yesterday in the most, fellas, I'm talking about the most beautiful setting that a turkey could, I, I'm not going to say ever be killed in because there's some pretty good views out west. But as far as the south goes, like it was like the most beautiful live oak hammock where there was a cattle farm and cows had pretty much grazed all the understory out and we called this bird like over half a mile when I put the pin on it we called him for over a half a mile straight line which would be lord knows how much in the actual route that he took and he came in spitting and drumming and gobbling and freaking strutting around it was the most beautiful thing in this perfect live oak hammock I mean, with, oh, I just can't, I mean, y'all saw the video. It's so oh, yeah. beautiful. We got there that morning. We were like, what a beautiful place that was, this would be to kill a turkey. Like, I don't even want to kill a turkey in that dumb pasture over there where we're probably actually going to kill a turkey at. I want him to be in these dang woods. And we, he never even, his foot never even hit that field. He walked the woods, those oaks, the whole way to us, just down, down like an old, mm. an old road bed. Oh, it was like a mossy oak catalog. It was beautiful. There's a big difference in that. Those private land birds in Florida and the public land gobblers, man. I, I got to hunt both last year. Oh, it's so nice. Like hunting a, like around an orange grove, these cattle pastures, all oh, the oaks, the Spanish moss. It's just beautiful. Beautiful. I don't think there's any other state. I've never hunted Florida, but when I watch those Florida videos, it's, I mean, it's night and day difference what the terrain is like yeah. on private land versus public land down there. Now, a lot of places in the Southeast, you could probably say the same thing, but I mean, there's a lot of private land, got hardwoods and ridges and hollers and everything else. In Florida, if that, if the grass ain't waist high, they're probably on private. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. If, if your feet are dry and the grass isn't too tall, yeah. you're on you're on private. Like if you're comfortable, <laughs> yeah. If you're in any shape 
for, or form comfortable, you're definitely hunting private. I got, yeah. and this year, this year, uh, for whatever reason, there wasn't as many burns. And so, like, when you get in those burns, it's pretty easy walking in Florida. That's a good thing about a lot of Florida is they do a lot of prescribed fire. And yeah. they just didn't this year, I guess, because it was dry or whatever. Um, and so everything was just nasty, thick. Why in the world, why in God's name would a turkey ever want to live here? <laughs> and so you're just kind of left, you, you find like random little tiny spots. You're like, oh, this was where a turkey could be. But if he's not here right now, I don't know if he's, I don't know where he's going to be at. Uh, and they're, you know, the birds out there, they, they don't have any trouble in the swamp. Uh, it just, it's a mental thing. I think you're like, turkey, why would a turkey ever want to be here? And then before you see a turkey cross the road, and you drive up there, and it's like, where did he even, why was he here, you know? Why was she even here? How did it fit through those, those gallberry bushes, you know? It's just, it's wild. But the but the private land was like, I felt like I was in Texas. I felt like I was hunting a high fence in Texas. That's what it feels like. Like, just beautiful, manicured, like, perfect property. It looks like they could either have made a high fence ranch or a golf course. Um, wow. Yeah, it was it was beautiful though. We took some really cool pictures. And Eli, he's nineteen, tore up about some turkeys, and I, I'm telling you, both of those guys, Eli and Casey, they're impressive, impressive young dudes. And uh, I, I expect that people are probably gonna hear more about them one day in the future. We had when we had a blast together. It was so much fun, and we got great video footage for this hunt. So at some point, this stuff's all gonna be up on YouTube for everybody to watch make it quick because i still got a few more weeks like turkey on. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough i've yeah. talked to plenty of people from tennessee as i am doing currently and uh mm. how you boys feeling about that are you happy that they're doing something to maybe decrease some of the pressure and let a few birds live or are you just more bummed that you can't hunt turkeys till the 15th i don't really know if i want to go down that rabbit hole tonight <laughs> but <laughs> but since we're here i have mixed feelings on the biological reasons um but i am anxious to see what it does to our hunting pressure and we've talked about that on here before yeah. we're going to be opening up right alongside a handful of other states and i'm anxious to see what it does Tennessee gets a lot of publicity. Let me, and I'm going to just like burn a state real quick. All right. Since Tennessee is our home state, Joey, I hope you'll appreciate this because we get so much publicity. Mm -hmm. uh, if you guys look at Kentucky and the number, the, the harvest numbers out of there and the days uh, allowed to hunt, which is way less than Tennessee. It's like three weekends, right? Yeah. And their ta their number of tags you can get has always been around more like two versus where we at one point had four. And Kentucky consistently harvests as many birds as Tennessee neck and neck every single year. Uh, so now I, here's my my thinking. If guys are really paying attention, out-of-state hunters, and they're saying, okay, Tennessee and Kentucky opens the same day, and, and Kentucky, looking at those numbers, Kentucky might be my better state. I think it's time to go get that Kentucky tag. What I'm trying to say is all of you out-of-state hunters are missing a good opportunity God to dang. hunt Kentucky. Jeez, Which, was that bro. good? Did that feel good? Did, did that sound good? It no, good. I, on, I put myself as in that conversation as a Kentucky resident, 
and I <laughs> Dude, kind okay. of hope you die today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a really bitter Tennessee resident. <laughs> we are. We are. I'm Florida man. <laughs> I'm gonna be rolling up to the gate. See those Ohio tags? I'm just gonna whip in. I've I've been hunting here for the last three years. That's where I'm going too. Four. I'm going. I'm I'm going. That's why I'm going too. Uh, no, I, and I'm man. Alabama gets freaking publicity too, especially when it oh, comes yeah, to turkeys, yeah. because we've had so many turkey tags. Um, and early opener. Early yeah. opener has always been a thing. Yeah. It's not really yep. anymore. If you're trying to hunt public land, um, mm-hmm. yeah. we'll see if Better that helps things out. I don't know, Adam. You told me when we first started this podcast, one of the things you hate the most is a turkey podcast host trying to talk about turkey science, right? When you're, I'm not an actual scientist for turkeys. I'm just a hunter. And so I'm going to be very careful. Like my opinion is literally my opinion on things. Yeah, That's okay. I'm happy to see states doing something. Yeah. They don't have to do everything. They don't have to, it doesn't have to be the answer, but like they're doing something. And I think that that's good. I don't like that we have we have to wait longer and our seasons get cut shorter and it's a little bit inconvenient for what I would like like to be doing. But it is what it is, and hopefully, hopefully one day we can figure out how to make this thing work and how to yep. sustain a population of turkeys. I'm put. I, I've got to put my trust in in that. Uh, I have, like I said, I have my opinions. I know everybody does, but. Um, I'm, I'm really interested cause I like to hunt Tennessee too. I think Tennessee is a great state, um, mm-hmm. mostly cause it's in close proximity to me. Like I can get yeah. there, I can get there the next fastest of any state. And so I like it. I want to see Tennessee make it. And I think, you know, as it comes to deer and turkey hunting, Tennessee's a, Tennessee's a solid state. You know, it's a great place to be. Not just because the, it it, it's not like the hunting's easy. It's not like there's significantly more deer or turkeys or anything. I just like the state of Tennessee. I think it's a pretty state, and it's a great opportunity. I don't think that that is to, burning anything. It yeah. connects to nine other states. So there's nine other states kind of saying the same thing, too, a little bit. I think it's nine, right, Joey? Or is it 11? Y'all keep talking, and I'll rattle them off in my yeah. head. <laughs> yeah, you do that. I want to clarify something real quick on the uh, the, the turkey science comments. So let me let me tell everybody why it's a little bit cringe for me when I hear every single turkey hunting podcast at the beginning of the year. They're all just focused on this turkey science. All these hosts have all these opinions. Everybody woke up one day and they're all a biologist. Now, there's a, a podcast out there dedicated to science and it's freaking awesome. And that's right. Wild Tur- the Wild Turkey Science Podcast. Now, that is an awesome podcast right. delivered by wild, like, biologists. By, by scientists. Real by life scientists. scientists. <laughs> it, it's amazing. The education <laughs> you can pull if you listen to that. But some mm-hmm. of these others, it feels like a business opportunity to, it, it, they're just kind of like jumping in line and jumping in a trend. And we're going to get your opinions on why Tennessee's going to do this and Alabama's doing that and how everybody else is wrong. Like, Nobody cares. Like you're doing this for a business is what it feels like. That feels cringe to me. So I like authenticity, and that was why. And, I, uh, and guilty. Like I, I'm guilty mm-hmm. as charged. I'm guilty too because we all have opinions, right? Yeah. Like, um, and I know you weren't necessarily talking about me, but yeah. it, it's when you have a platform, it's hard not to share your opinion about certain things. But at the end of the day, like I can't, I, I can't talk on things that I don't, I know nothing about. It's just an opinion, and so. 
I'm with you, dude. Like, I, I, I definitely – that wasn't a slight towards you. It was a uh, – I, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> honestly, most of the time. The uh, The positive thing out of all those opinions is that we have more people talking about turkeys. That's right. And even if they care for a handful of years, they care right now. Um, and the negative of that is, could be what I just said. And I hope it doesn't turn out to be a trend uh, that people just quit talking about this turkey science and how to put more turkeys on the landscape. I selfishly want so many turkeys in my area that I have to run them off my porch every morning. Yeah. So that's where I'm at on things. Whatever, whatever we can do to put more turkeys on the landscape, I am for. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, after that, you know, hunting opportunities, uh, increase, you know, when you got more turkeys, you can increase hunting opportunity and let's just focus on making more turkeys and let's keep that going. We got a lot of people on board with it right now. Let's keep it going for another 10 years or so at least. I think I have the biggest issue with the whole thing when people make an assessment only based on how it affects them. You know what I mean? Um, I'm in favor of Alabama trying to see if, I mean, maybe, maybe five turkey tags is too many, you know, and they moved it down to four. I look forward to the day to the day when they say, you know what, maybe four is too many, uh, and they move it down to three. Uh, I'm like, if for nothing, if we have the amount of turkeys that I feel like it could sustain it, like sustain taking five birds, if we had so many turkeys that that was I felt like that was okay. All I can tell is my experience, and my experience is I go to other states that have a one turkey, a one bird limit that have significantly more turkeys than we do and it's like maybe there's a correlation here you know i don't know <laughs> i'm not yeah. a turkey scientist so i can't talk about it <laughs> the issues i have are <laughs> when i speak directly with these biologists or whoever when i talk to them on the phone or i'm in those meetings with them that if i think one common thing throughout most of the country is that people don't know exactly how many turkeys they have in the state. And you can give them the benefit of the doubt that, well, they're reducing the limit to be on the safe side. But when turkey coordinators cannot tell me a biological reason why they made some of these adjustments, that I have a problem with. Now, it's common knowledge, I think, that we have less turkeys than we did probably 10 years or so ago. I think that's common knowledge. What I cannot find an answer to amongst all these doctors, biologists, scientists, state level turkey guys, they cannot tell me if it is a true decline and that turkey populations, there's something happening that they're not making more turkeys than they used to. Or if it's like many other game bird species or re or reintroduced species, you know, after the market hunting area, after the market hunting era, if it is a plateau after an introduction, like in Tennessee, for instance, you know, we, they introduced turkeys, what, in the 80s? And then the early 2000s, you know, 20 years later, bumper crop of turkeys, piles of turkeys. 
Um, and there's been a decline from that. Now, I'm not ashamed to say that Tennessee still has a pile of turkeys. I'm not ashamed to say that on podcast. Everybody knows we got a bunch of turkeys. Adam, Adam's not happy with me. But Tennessee's got a bunch of turkeys. Alabama's got a bunch of turkeys. Kentucky's got a bunch of turkeys. There are a bunch of turkeys in the southeast. Um, and I think we just can't put a finger on if it's a hunting issue, if it's just nature doing its thing after an intro, after introduction or whatever reason. And I think some, I think because it's cool to talk about turkey science and population decline and everything else, there may be some knee jerk reactions from these states regarding regulations and not necessarily because there's, there are biological reasons, but because there is outcry from the hunting community, because it's cool to talk about turkey populations on social media. And it's easy to, it's easy to say, well, we should just lower the limit. We should shift the season back. We should do all these things, but we don't have a whole lot of data to prove that. And I think when we start, when we start making regulations based on emotions and not science, we're kind of no better than the anti-hunters in my opinion, because a lot of their, uh, proposed changes is out of emotion and not science. And I don't think that's the route to go. Okay. I'll shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) Adam heard one thing and one thing only in that whole spiel. It was Tennessee has so many turkeys. (laughs) No pile of turkeys. (laughs) Yeah. To to quote pile of turkeys. Um, I have a couple of sentences I'll send you after this uh, this call, and I'll send it to you via text message. Parker, I think you both know what it's going to look like. <laughs> oh, inside joke. Inside joke. Um, no, here's the thing, man, and this is kind of where I where I end this conversation. And seriously, I'm not I'm not uh, dogging you with this, Adam. Like. My opinion is just an opinion pretty much on anything with everything we've talked about today when it comes to hunter ethics and things like that. It is an opinion and nothing I say should ever, unless I tell you like I am 100% confident that what I'm telling you is fact. That's all it is. It's just an opinion. And, And I think that's where a lot of podcasts fall. You look at radio shows, talk shows, ESPN. Anytime anybody's talking, mm-hmm. there's a lot of opinion mixed in with fact, and mm-hmm. thus the world we live in today, right? Um, and so I think using your best judgment, um, I, I'm not going to say like self-police, because I, I just don't like the word, but um, you know, if you got if you got buddies, this is how I try to be. If like if I got buddies that I feel like are doing something unethical or whatever which is common you know i'm not a lot of people a lot of people do things say things whatever based on what you're saying joey emotion like i'll i'll be honest with them and i expect my friends to do the same thing to me if i do something that maybe is questionable or say something that's questionable um when it comes to hunter ethics or whatever like like I think we all need to be okay with growing in that thing. And I think that and that alone 
is what's going to ensure that we can all enjoy ourselves when it comes to public land hunting and just turkey hunting in general, you know? I will add that if everyone will go out and buy the old pro turkey hunter by Gene Nunnery, the book or the audio book, read it, study it, treat it like your turkey hunting Bible. Mm-hmm. You'll, we'll all walk away. Um, we'll, we'll leave this a better sport, whatever you'll call it tradition than what we found it without a doubt. That, that's a real plug. Yeah. That Absolutely. is required reading, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. I think it's requi- re- required reading every year. Um, yeah. I think it's a good one to ca- catch up on. Yep. So. 100%. So, Ryland, hey, it's all an opinion for me. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you know for sure is there was a drunk guy in Florida that jumped a fence, killed a turkey, and stuck his feather in your window. Yep. And that I've, and still, about- I've still got to pay taxes in April. Like that's that's pretty much it. And there's probably three times as many turkeys in Kentucky as there are in Tennessee. That's all I wanted to leave the podcast <laughs> so, with. Not I'm opinion. taking that little bit of nugget to the to the interwebs <laughs> tomorrow during my work day. <laughs> I would say I'll the send people you some data, of, Joey. I would say the people of Kentucky would be uh mad, but they don't have internet, so they're not even listening to this. So there they're all go. a bunch of deer hunters anyways. They're yeah. they're all a bunch of deer hunters, they're fine. When Adam gets done sending me the mean text, he could drop me some some knowledge. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, turkey season is here. Fired Almost. up about it. It's beautiful. Oh, mm. I can't tell you how many times I got chill bumps this week. Like I can't believe this is right here. It's it's here. Dang I think the the two week getting pushed back is just making it even worse. Like, because you're seeing more people turkey hunting before I can turkey hunt, where it used to be, yeah, I could probably deal with it for about a month, you know, but now I got to deal with it for a month and a half before I'm just turkey hunting. I'm worried about my kids, Joey, because if you're able to take one of my children hunting, the other one's going to be jealous that they're with you instead of with me after they hear you calling versus hearing me. So, uh, and I'm hoping you make that happen. That's still up in the air. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I, I may, uh, I may have to postpone a couple things going on that week <laughs> in order to be physically able to yeah. to stomp around. But we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. It's been a lot of fun catching up with you guys. I know everybody's itching to get in the woods. Those of us that uh, have been able to taste a little bit of it want a little bit more. And I know Joey's sitting there just hungry as all get out. And I know a lot of listeners are as well. Yep. Ready to get after it. Mm -hmm. Hey, one thing on the the podcast for all those that are listening, uh, we've already got some really interesting reviews, I'll say, on Apple (laughs) iTunes. Um, If you guys want to go read that, I would really encourage all of our readers, if you're not going to leave a review, Go to Apple <laughs> iTunes, look at Limhanger. I want you to really like dig into that first one that you find and see if you find anything <laughs> that might pop out to you. Um, I think you're going to get a good <laughs> chuckle. But if you would, you know, if you feel like we've uh, we've earned it, leave us a five star, say a little something nice about it. It's going to help us out and kind of move up those rankings and help people find out more uh, more about our show. And you know, we're it's all our opinions, but we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Amen. Yep. I apparently had a lot of fun 
in the making of that review. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> with, some, with somebody's sister. <laughs> you know, I I wish I could I wish I could tell you what what that was all about, but I don't want to give it away too much. I think it'll be funnier wish, if people just go look, look at it. Just go look at it. We wish you could remember too, Parker. <laughs> yeah, we do. I never was much of a drinker or a druggie. Like I, I pretty well remember most of my life, but I don't remember. What What did you call that thing you lived in? Real quick. A Winnebago. Oh, I thought you called it like the Twinkie or something. I guess I think I got that off I, OBX. I, I, got, I called it. I called it the Bager. <laughs> that's really what we called it we called it the beggar beggar I like it yeah, wow it 77 mm. a lot of things just made home. sense <laughs> alright guys let's wrap this thing up everybody uh, y'all have a good one thank you for listening good luck hey thanks for listening to the Limhanger Turkey Hunting Podcast hope you tune in next week for another great conversation about our favorite bird in the woods as the wild turkey. We'll talk to you guys next week.